Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Out of the gates, ready to go. OutKick 360 is back. Monday edition is here. 6th and Peabody, our location, with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Glad you're with us with Chad Withrow and Paul Kuharski. I'm Jonathan Hutton. Big show planned today. Big weekend. Chock full of news. Uh, we'll hit Jawan Howard, Greg Garden, Wisconsin, and the scene there yesterday in just a moment. Gentlemen, good afternoon. Hun, good to have you back after uh, yeah, not being with us be on back. Friday. It's really good to see you. Really good to have you back. And I can promise that I will not slap any of you guys today, just to get that out of the way first. So you're welcome. The open hand slap. We'll hit Jawan Howard, you said. <laughs> yes. Uh, crazy uh, finish to that where Jawan Howard, I mean, just consider the headline today is the head coach of Michigan throwing hands at a, a assistant coach at Wisconsin yesterday. That's how the, the, the game ended and how CBS with the music playing to play us out. <laughs> you got the, you got the March madness music, the theme of CBS college basketball playing. And then all of a sudden it's like, Whoa! Hang on, hang on. Wasn't that we're perfect? not going anywhere? Wasn't that perfect though? And a great <laughs> job by the producers of on the CBS broadcast of not cutting away, of cutting yeah. the music, yep. not playing them out, and going back and staying on uh, what was happening. Um, look, uh, college basketball needed this. I'll, I'll go ahead and say it. This is a good thing for college basketball interest. We are going to remember that moment and talk about it. For a long, long time. Anytime Jawan Howard, regardless of what he does, he could go win three national titles. And we are still going to remember Jawan Howard for being on the Fab Five, for being a national championship winning coach possibly, and for slapping an assistant coach at Wisconsin. And then claiming that he did it because he felt physically threatened (laughs) by the Wisconsin coach who grabbed him. Let me differentiate between two different things here. Because too many people are stupid out there and don't understand there are different ways to touch someone. Because you touch someone doesn't mean you should get punched. If I am walking by Paul and I scream something at Paul on the way past him and insult him and he grabs my arm and tries to have a conversation with me as I walk away, that's not the same as assaulting someone. That doesn't entitle me to punch him. That is what Greg Gard did. That's what he said he was doing. You can clearly see it. Jawan Howard saying, I'm going to remember that bleep. And he grabs him to try to talk to him. And he's angry too, but he's trying to explain to him. And then it escalates. And then the slap happens. It's not the same thing. It's not like he shoved him and then Jawan Howard punched a guy. I don't understand how people don't get it. You don't ever touch anyone. You You can touch people all the time. There's a way to do it. I didn't find anything guard did in trying to stop him from walking away to from him a punch. as something that's like, oh, now we're going to throw hands. There's also about 20 seconds in between that moment right. and when it's he actually throws a hand. Reaction. 
Uh, Jawan Howard, who has you know the NBA reach, is able to reach across everyone and slap the assistant. It wasn't even guard he was going after. Also, this I'll remember that. I'll remember that you called the timeout. Well, I'll remember that you pressed my scrubs who couldn't handle the press. So we called the timeout in order not to get called for a violation. And these are young kids on my team who I'm trying to teach. I'm being a teacher, right? So they're coming in against your press. And what do we do against the press if we're up against the clock and we have a timeout? We call a timeout because it buys us a reset. So I'm teaching basketball here. You're teaching that in a moment of conflict, what we do is throw hands. This is and not, you're supposed uh, to be a teacher. And that's not what you do. You tell your guys, don't you, to de-escalate situations, to walk away, to be the better man. And you didn't teach any of that. What your kids just saw is if you're frustrated, you punch. Well, I mean, I, I, I don't know how it got to exactly that moment between him and Greg Gard. But it escalated because of Jawan Howard. There's a lot of apologists today. That's what I'm saying. Today. And I know then you he are. didn't say anything well, after the game apologetic at all. But, but what happened in the postgame line is, I won't, I won't call it routine, but we've seen coaches go at it before oh, sure. on how games are handled towards the end of a game. Uh, you know, Jawan Howard saying, I'm going to remember this. That's, that's pretty routine for a rivalry uh, where, I mean, let's be honest, Wisconsin fans act like they invented the game. And... If you're Michigan, you're going in there knowing that you're, you know, expected to win. You've got Jawan Howard, who has, you know, made the run with his team. You've got Greg Gard, who's playing to the final whistle. There, there's, there's some, you know, there, there's a lot of jawing going on. It escalated to the point with Jawan Howard because he came back at the assistant who stepped in to take to take up for his head coach. The, you know, was. Go, getting into it with with uh, Howard in the line. Yeah, Joe so, Krabenhoff is the so assistant who played in Wisconsin. A little more height. This whole yeah. thing about, you know, I felt threatened. Well, I mean, 20 seconds had passed, and maybe it's maybe it's 17, maybe it's 23, um, where he reaches across and goes at the assistant instead of Greg Gard. So it, you've got to explain that away. This is also not the first time Juwan Howard's been involved in something that has – you know, been close to escalating to something more. I mean, was it Maryland or Rutgers? Maryland. Uh, there was a Maryland situation. There, there have been other situations in the past um, where you know things didn't get to this level, but you know maybe they could have. So when when you told me that it's it's Jawan Howard that's involved in this, I I mean yesterday's finish was you know head turning, but we don't sit here shocked at that, do we? No. He tried to go after. Uh, Mark Turgeon. Mark Turgeon. Maryland. In the Big Ten tournament last year. Yeah, it was the end of the Big Ten tournament. He had to be restrained. And uh, Michigan came out and said, no punishment. We talked to our coach. It's fine. Well, no punishment there. Time. He's going to have to sit for the season. Uh, I think that's the uh, honestly the obvious conclusion. I don't want the guy fired. I don't think he should get fired for this. But maybe he is. And I could understand it being warranted. He's got to change his ways going forward if he's retained. When you say sit for the season, you're saying regular season? I'm saying the rest of the regular and postseason. This is not a tournament team right now. They're probably on the outside looking in. Big Ten uh, tournament. So right. he should sit out the rest of this season and the Big Ten tournament and what is likely an NIT bid or run. I think that he should not coach again in 2021-2022. Now, I don't know what Michigan's going to do because I think they should have suspended him for something or done something after the Mark Turgeon situation, and they didn't do this. I think he can't you do said this that, again either. You can't be involved in anything yeah, else it's, it's going a forward strike. in a in a it's a two strike line. situation. Now, 
he's going to get animated, right? I mean, coaches are going to get fiery with uh, officials or players or what. That's going to happen, but you can't have something rising to the level of having to be restrained right. after a game or physically hitting someone or shoving someone. It To me, even if they didn't do anything to him after the, the Maryland Turgeon deal, that's strike one. This is strike two. It is a suspension for the rest of the year and a warning that if this happens again, we're going to have to fire you with cause because you're embarrassing the university. Hutton, you mentioned Wisconsin fans act like they invented the game of basketball. I think that's true to some extent. Michigan people act like they invented civility. Well, and they want to talk about Michigan men, and they want to talk about all. honor and sportsmanship and everything else. No. Then I don't want to see a damn one Michigan fan defend Juwan Howard. But on when this. I say when I say they act like they they invented the game, I'm not. I mean it, that came across as a jab. I'm taking that as like that. That's the atmosphere there, where you have the the line, they're up by what 15 points, and you're calling timeout on a 10 second violation instead of just running the clock out and giving the ball back to Michigan. So that's the atmosphere that you're in in the moment. And the, so that, I, I'm not saying that the, the, the escalating factors sure happen in the handshake line, but coaches jawing about how you hand, I mean, coach Cal last week or two weeks ago at South Carolina, they're up by 10 and he's telling his guy on a fast break as time expires to dunk it, to be up by 12. Now, uh, you know, there's uh there's some, like we came in here the next day and said, did you know the spread was 10 and a half? Yeah. And it, by the way, the guy dunked it as time expired and it didn't count. So it was one of Scott Van Pelt's bad beats on ESPN. But I bring it up to say he wanted the guy to dunk it because South Carolina kept fouling whenever they were up double digits and extending the game. So that was a jab back at South Carolina. So I think this goes on more often than what the cameras pick up on. Where it took off to the other level was on Jawan Howard's end. And I, I'm, I'm reading way too much the, the immediate uh, defense of Howard by saying that Greg Gard should have never grabbed. I mean, to me, I think we can go literally any Saturday and find two coaches in a handshake line if they're right. allowed to do it to now that, that are going at again. it. I don't know what Joe Krabenhoff said to warrant the slap. You know, should he have escalated it to that situation as assistant coach? Probably not. And I don't know what all he was doing or saying to Juwan Howard where he wanted to punch him yeah. in that moment with him yelling at him. But I think that there are a lot of things that are nuanced that we're going to talk about on this show, and we'll get into the nuance of it. This is not one of those things. Juwan Howard is 100% at fault. Yes. Greg Gard did nothing wrong. Nothing. I have looked at this at every angle. I've thought about it in every possible way. You don't have to have a conference at midcourt between two coaches to say, hey, coach, game's over. We're going to back off now. Just run the clock out every time and shoot a shot if you have to at the end of the shot clock, and we're just going to keep it going. You don't have to do that. There's an unspoken announcement between the coaches. You back off the press. You put your subs in. Wisconsin had subs in. Michigan didn't. Michigan continued to press. Greg Gard coached. He continued to coach. I don't blame him for that. He's calling a timeout to help out his reserves that don't get a lot of playing time to not get a violation. There is nothing wrong with that. Absolutely. For the people not. saying Greg Gard shouldn't have called timeout and this. No. If you're going to press me, I'm going to call timeout. If you want the game to end because you're down 14, back off. Back away. And I will gladly do that. And guess what? If one of my players shoots a shot at the buzzer, 
I'm going to rip into them and right. apologize to the other coach. That is how you work it in the gentleman's agreement it, of coaching. I Perfectly completely with you. You Perfectly get mad at the player who does that when the other team is conceded. You don't do that. These are unspoken rules in basketball. They're very obvious as it's happened. But Jawan Howard, I, the guy played in the NBA for years. Does he not understand that? Does he not understand that if you're pressing, you don't get to get mad when the guy calls a timeout? When you got your walk-ons out there who are getting trapped and don't know what to do with the ball? If you're going to play, play the triple zero, the other coach can do the exact same well. thing. And you no can't matter be how much he's that. beating you by. He, he gets, I also defer to the winner here. If I'm spanking you, I, I, I get control. I, I'm the one that, that gets to do what I want because I'm winning. You know, so if, if there's some dispute, I defer to the winner because well, he's winning. I, I mean, I don't know that I always do that. I, don't, I won't dis- defer to the dispute. winner and everything, but you can't press. I mean, if you really want the game to end, then you should not be pressing Agreed. in that moment. So, and guard, if guard is walking over to shake his hand, I don't blame him if, if Jawan, I'm sure they, they maybe had some beef before too, who knows? Probably. But if the coach yells something at me, I would at least want to explain myself. Hey, here's what I'm doing, just so you know, don't press, and then I'll, I won't do that. Call timeout. But instead, this happens. It's Juwan Howard, <laughs> he did this because he got his ass kicked. That's the bottom he's line. He's upset. He's not upset over the timeout, ultimately. He's mad that his team has been maybe the biggest disappointment in college basketball this year. He's mad that he's getting whipped by a team he feels is inferior to his. It's not because he thought he, he it was got, time to protect himself. Yes, he got emotionally into it because he's mad. He's a competitor. He's fiery. I like all those Which things. Which are the things that are good about him. But you can't have time to think about it and then go to the press conference and say that. To say that you were protecting yourself. There's no, been a lot of discussion about proper punishment. Well, let's discuss that a bit when, when we come back. Also, uh, some news with the NFL and the NFL agents and the upcoming NFL Combine a week from today, and whether or not there's going to be a lot of players participating in anything other than the medical evaluation uh, because of the COVID protocols in place. We've got that and much more straight ahead, just getting started on OutKick 360. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer. With over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros, Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Maybe what I'm about to bring up is too simplistic. Maybe not. Outkick 360 rolls on. Glad you're with us across the Outkick network on this President's Day. Easy drive in. 
on this holiday. Uh, six the Peabody Pack. That's an, it. Feels like a weekend here uh, with you out here and Old Smoky Moonshine. President's Day became a President's Weekend, and I'm not talking a three day <laughs> weekend. I'm talking a four day weekend. Yeah. So it's like Abe and George each got a day this weekend <laughs> because uh, it's turned into a thing. My kids off two days. Uh, unbelievable. God bless the presidents. Are so. Is it too simplistic to ask this question today after the Juwan Howard, Greg Gard, Michigan, Wisconsin? Melee. If a player threw that punch, is the suspension already known as we sit here today? And is it for the rest of the season? Is it rest of the regular season going into conference play? What clarity do do we have today at 220 Central, 320 Eastern, you know, less than 24 hours after this, that we that we don't know because it's two coaches involved. I think it would be out already. I don't think it would be necessarily as harsh as we might expect, particularly depending on what the kid's background is. But if it's a first strike thing, as opposed to Jawan Howard having had uh, the, the, the Maryland incident, well, I'm not even that, incident, I'm not his saying it has temperament to be equal. and um, his being uh, the leader of the team. That's it. I think that it's the head coach at Michigan – you know, extending the arm and slapping the assistant coach at Wisconsin. I mean, that's that, what I was getting at before. This guy is the teacher. Yes, setting the example. What and and Michigan is a top flight university. Not not dismissing it at other places, but I think most places, the president of the university has to factor that in. And when he issues the punishment, and by the way, Michigan issued a nice statement, but what they did not do in their statement was mention Jawan Howard by name, which to me is protecting him to a degree. We saw the events, and we don't blah, 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 blah. But they never mentioned him by name. This guy is supposed to be teaching people to back down from heated events. Cooler heads prevail. We're, we don't instigate. We walk away, right? That's what all good coaches teach. And he's the lead teacher representing one of the lead teachers with Harbaugh at the University of Michigan, representing a fine university. He failed at that miserably, and I think that deserves big things. So a kid losing his head, you know, what, what do we usually say? Well, it's a kid, you know, first offense, got to do better, all of those things. And I think a kid does have some leeway on first strike, Chad. Yeah, look. And, and Chad, the reaction I think today would be, no matter, let, let's say that the other player, for those that are trying to make the excuse that Greg Gard instigated this, it's always the second guy who gets punished, right? Whether that's in a game, if you retaliate, you get the flag. If the guy throws the punch, that guy's getting the automatic ejection in the NBA matchup. It's not the guy that instigated the guy who threw the punch. So I, I don't understand the disconnect with what we saw versus what some are saying. Like Desmond Howard. Desmond Howard, a typical Michigan, you know, backing up his school here. Says and I, teammate of, of Jawan Howard. Uh, yes, he says I saw Jawan walking away, and Wisconsin, and Wisconsin coach putting his hands on him to stop. First mistake. <laughs> then an assistant coach inserted himself and said something that only escalated things. Let bosses be bosses and play your position. Second mistake. That from Desmond Howard. So yeah, not not a teammate, but obviously classmate of him. Classmate, I was thinking yes. of Jalen Rose uh, yeah. when you said that, who I'm sure probably has a similar take on this whole thing, uh, having played with Jawan Howard. So according to the Big Ten sportsmanship policy, the Big Ten can only hand out a two-game suspension and fine up to $10,000 to a coach. I'm not clear if that's just on the coach or if it's also on a player, if the Big Ten can levy an even bigger suspension for a player. 
So I don't know if it's, if it's two games max for a player too. Two Michigan players threw a punch. So we're going to find out. So the answer to your That's question right. is no, because we have on video two Michigan players, one Wisconsin player throwing punches. We don't know what their, what their suspension is yet either. So we have an answer to your question you threw out. It's we don't know. Um, I don't think Juwan Howard's suspension should be more than for a player. I think a player should be multiple games, but I think it's more in the two to three game range than what Jawan Howard did. Jawan Howard, the melee started because of that slap. That's when things really got out of hand. Before that, it was a bunch of guys talking. It was a bunch of other people walking up saying, these guys don't want to fight. They're just yelling at each other. Now, to what you said, Hutton, about, you know, the guy, it's not the instigator sometimes, it's the second person. Uh, I went on Dan Dockett today, and I equated it to this. It's like a middle school playground fight breaks out, and some kid gets jumped, but he gets suspended three, ga- three days also because he was in a fight. But he got jumped, right? But it doesn't matter because okay. he was a part of a fight, and school policy says this. For that reason, I think Joe Krabenhoff is going to get suspended. Oh, he will. I think he's going to get a suspension also, and it's going to be because the league and the school is going to come out jointly and say, you escalated the situation with whatever you were saying they'll, and yelling at Juwan Howard, an and that's what, that's what made it worse. Can't and should not be equal, though. And let's go back to what you said very no, eloquently. No, it, it can't be the same suspension. Very eloquently at the beginning. This is a societal thing somehow where it's turned into me touching you has, has somehow now equated to throwing hands. Like if I, you can't touch me has become, you touch me and I have the right to slug you. And it's not equal. But there was if a I lot of pushing you, and shoving You can and say, don't touch me, holding. man. And you might be able to touch me back. But it doesn't, me touching you when you say, don't touch me, does not then open permission for you to slug me. That's assault. That is a different level. Chad said that in the opening. Yeah. And somehow in society now it's become, I say, don't touch me. You touch me. Boom, game's on, and I can punch you. And that's not how it works. That's not legit. And I don't know how we got there, but I don't care that we got there. It's not the same. It's not equal. And we do a lot of this in a lot of realms. We create equal things that are not equal. Me touching your arm to try to get your attention to talk to you is not the same thing as me punching you and or I, you punching me. I normally don't. I'm not the person, at least I don't think I am, you guys can tell me, that jumps to the worst-case scenario. What we saw was not the worst case scenario because now in these college gyms and these, you know, you've got the fans literally right on top oh, of. No, you. they could have come. Oh, we've seen Malice in the Palace. Well, we know there's a worst case scenario. And it's for been this. a while since that. And I, yeah. I, I was trying to think of the when's the last time we saw something like this, and how it all ended is really not the worst case that could have gone on for college basketball for sports in general. For just how we view this whole thing, it, it's bad, but this can't. I mean, imagine if Howard hears something from behind him instead of from the assistant coach. You've got Wheels someone around. stepping in who steps down on the court at him, and then you've got something. I mean, the reaction to me is would have been very similar from Howard because he was heated, he was ready to go. And the I don't know if you is- guys view it the same way. I, I thought. Uh, uh, after watching a couple of different times, and I see the fans and everything, and everyone's on, you know, watching. Imagine what could have been on a lot of different gyms, not not just at that arena. I'm, I'm saying just across the country, what could have been 
uh, you know, worked out here instead of how things ended. Not just instead that. Guys getting I mean, separated. in all different ways. Somebody coming from behind, or if it just escalated more and guys went to the ground. I mean, if those two go to the ground and more people come and get on top of them on the ground, then the, then the fans spill. It, it could have been worse in a lot of ways. The funny thing is, the ironic thing is, as Chad said again in the open, this is the most anybody nationally is talking about college basketball all year long. And that's, that's good. And that's actually good that's for good the game. It's the first Sunday without football. And this happened. And there's a big story. What a boom for college basketball Get going into tournament. Well, when's Michigan season? play next? People are going to see that game. Well, no, one, great. no one's discussing it, 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 it to this extent. But, you know, we, we first Sunday without football, all I did this weekend was watch college basketball. I DVR'd two SEC games and was at another one. So for the first time, I'm, I'm you know, the, the football in me is watching college basketball. Now, I completely agree with Chad if this takes place in November or December. But I think a lot of us were tuned into college basketball for the first time and see this anyway. This is certainly leading the headlines, and we're talking more about it than we are the NFL agents wanting to boycott the league, which is also, you know, item two. But this, you're, you're right, where this is a national topic instead of just a regional. You know, if this was on Big Ten Network on a, uh, the right. NFL divisional playoff round, you know, Saturday or Sunday – it's it's an end of the hour discussion right. for us because it's football season. This is the perfect storm of perfect time of year. First Sunday without football. This happens, gets everyone talking. People now are talking more about college basketball, even in this light. Uh, so I think from an attention standpoint, it's great. Kim in our chat says this. I agree with Desmond Howard to the extent that the Wisconsin coach shouldn't have grabbed him. That's not an excuse for Juwan's behavior, but he has a point. What about Juwan Howard just yelling something at another head coach and trying to walk away? Is that not the start of it? Because if I'm walking somewhere and someone screams something at me, derogatory, that's the start of it. So if I stop the person to talk, to, that's being missed here. Because it's, it that's isn't that action. common that you go and he points at him and he's saying, I'm going to remember this and what you did. If I'm a coach and I'm just trying to get a handshake, get out of there, and someone says that, I'm probably going to turn around if I don't react in time like Guard did to grab him and try to explain it to him, I'm probably going to turn around and say something to him on his way out. That's human nature. It's a dialogue. So, so, I mean, Howard still, however you want to look at it, Howard started it by saying that to him in the handshake line. I think it's pretty obvious no matter what punishment or any punishment comes down, people are going to be upset with the decision. You know, it's either going to be too light, too heavy, nothing at all, way too much over the top. One side got punished severely. The other one did. I'm not sure how it goes. to. What is the most fair scenario here where you have, you, it's not about making people happy, but it is about, you know, setting the example for what can't happen again. I think it needs to be hard. So if it, let's go with the old NCAA standard, not the old one, but the new one where you punish the coaches involved for the crimes more than the players, the universities. If you're going with that mantra, mm -hmm. The right solution is Jawan Howard is done for the rest of the year, and the three players that threw a punch are out for a game or two, evenly. Wisconsin player out for two games, Michigan guys out for two games, let's say, and be done with it. I don't think anyone else deserves a suspension. Michigan has. I don't five. think guard does. I don't think the assistant, the former Wisconsin player, Krabenhoff. I don't think any of those guys deserve a suspension. That's it. And then Jawan Howard comes back next year, knowing I've had two strikes, can't do that again. Michigan has five games left starting Wednesday. Rutgers at Michigan. It's too bad that's not a bigger game just in terms of the profile of this whole thing because Illinois 
next Sunday at Michigan. If that was Wednesday, it would be a bigger deal. Michigan State at Michigan. Uh, then, uh, well, wow, they got a lot of home games. Number 25, Iowa at Michigan. And then Michigan finishes at number 22, Ohio State on March 6th. But keep in mind, you've got the Big Ten tournament that takes place starting March 9th in Indianapolis. So, we, we I mean... We we could see. I think it's more likely more he's them. back for the tournament and maybe out for yeah. the remainder of the regular season. Well, let's go with uh, what's best for interest because this really got a lot of interest in college basketball. Get him back for the tournament, you get him back for a potential <laughs> tournament game against Wisconsin. Yeah, you get a rematch. That's what you want in the tournament. I mean, that, that would be a heavily who's, watched. Who's game. not tuning in for that? With if these two teams get together again to see what happens. Um, right now, I'm looking at Jerry Palm's CBS Sports bracketology. Michigan is in the first four out. So still a chance to make the tournament. That's better than I would have thought thought based on their record. And this is, so this is an impactful decision, whatever they come down with. And and is it really two strikes if Michigan didn't punish him the first time? Does that count as a strike? Well, he should have been punished the first time. But I think if you're Michigan, you're saying internally now, this is two strikes. We gave you a pass and the benefit of the doubt the first go around. And look what you've but this is, and Dan Dockage was saying all morning that this is not one incident, that there's a lot of things going on at Michigan where he's treating people poorly uh, around that program. Well, and that this, clear is, this, is, for this those is kind that were of buying known about that, him. For those that were buying into that, they were saying, you know, uh, again, just reading all the different responses that were coming in on this yesterday. Some were saying, oh, if Michigan's looking for a way out, you know, with cause, you've got it now. And I'm reading that going, what? No. And, and now that Dockage is saying behind the scenes what's been talked about, yeah. that ties into why people were tweeting that. But look, I think we should finish w- last year. They were a Final Four team last year, no? The year before. I think in year one, he went to the Final Four. National Championship game, maybe. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's been good up until this year. I wouldn't want to fire him if I were Michigan, but I also think we're probably too quick to crown someone a great college coach. Sure. It should give it more time. This is year three for him. This has been a big disappointment. Let's see more of a body of work. One of, one of those one years, there was other. no Final Four. If this is year three for him, so he's only had one chance to go. One year, there was no tournament. Well, last year, you had Baylor and Houston and uh, UCLA-Gonzaga. You know what's crazy is, and, and Paul, you kind of brought this up before the show when we were chatting, about these former NBA greats that are now coaching college basketball and how that – whole idea of what I'm saying, give it five years to see one way or the other before saying good or bad, how it works for Jerry Stackhouse and Penny Hardaway, who are probably preaching patience at this point, to learn the game more of college coaching and learn their teams. And it works against Juwan Howard, who immediately everyone thought was great, and now we're pumping the brakes a bit on him. Patrick Ewing is in year five. We're at the end of it for Patrick Patrick Ewing is going to get fired probably at Georgetown. He's in year five. That's a good amount of time to figure out if you have it or not. Better NBA guy, but he couldn't get a head job in the NBA. Now he gets set back. He probably goes and serves another long term as an NBA assistant and tries to get an NBA head job. And I think about that because I see Memphis is, according to Jerry Palm, in the last four in the tournament right now. They've gone on a nice little run. Uh, to maybe make the tournament, Michigan in that first four out. Vanderbilt's improving, uh, no doubt about it, but they lose Scottie Pippen Jr. after this year, who's really the engine of that team. Um, It's just a fascinating case study of all these former NBA greats that are now coaching big programs 
in college basketball, and you've got kind of a mixed bag of results. I feel badly for Patrick Ewing. I'm a Patrick Ewing guy. He was on a pretty good track in the NBA, though he wasn't breaking through. He was a well-respected assistant. But then he went to serve his alma mater, maybe a little bit out of his lane. It hasn't worked, and he set himself back. But he did the the right thing I, you know, I, for himself. You know, he did what his alma mater called on him, and he went. Set himself back, but not like I still view him as he could jump right back into that assistant level he was in in the NBA immediately. Yeah, but has he slowed himself down even more towards the head coaching job he wasn't getting? He figured I'll go to college, I'll do things at my alma mater, and then my NBA chance will be accelerated. It's certainly not accelerated. Is it slowed down? Well, the thing too is if he does well at Georgetown, he may not leave. Like well, that could be a career yeah, he's, stop. He's John Thompson. Yeah, I'm saying I mean, like, he's oh, his, yeah. he's his the goal goal. may yeah. not be yeah. to get no, back to the yeah. NBA. He's no, no, a it's like, yeah, it could have been a life. He's, he's coaching them forever. But that hasn't happened. Is there a bigger difference between the major college sport and its professional counterpart than college basketball to the NBA in terms of game, style of play, and management style for your team? I feel like there's a big gap. College baseball, there's the in-between well, of minor league baseball. And That's hockey, a huge gap in between, between college baseball and, and major league baseball. But – I also think that if you're a great college coach or if you're a great NFL coach, let's say, you'll, you could go to college and do well if you were open to what you need to do in college. I don't think you can say the same about basketball coaches from both NBA to college or college to NBA. And I think we're seeing that with some of these guys, that their, their background is NBA. The Celtics guy did pretty well. Brad Stevens. Yeah. He, he did well, but I don't know that there's a lot of – carryover with that i mean i can give you other examples yeah, Rick Pitino, no, uh other oh, cal yeah larry brown is like 50 50 everywhere yes. pro and college and he i can point to kansas and say he was great and then the sixers great I mean, and then billy donovan other, is another example and then other spot stops terrible you know billy he, donovan he yeah. went he went to oklahoma city and you know he still has his name on the floor at florida but when you start nba and go college i think it's more difficult mm-hmm well, I think I, it's easier to stick around the NBA and coach in the NBA than it would be go, it, to go NBA we're not, to college. We're not to that example yet. Not even we're close. We're closer, though, for college and pro football. Well, I think If you think about how teams are hiring in the pros for the guy they want versus how you're hiring right now in college football, and, the, and I mean, for very little success, you're rewarded with mega contracts. That's not the case at the no. NFL. I think the kid you're counting on as a – college basketball coach is younger and more immature right in college football you're waiting on that kid maybe to be a junior or a senior for a lot of them there are a lot of them right in college you're counting on your first year guy who may be a one and done and he might be a lot more like a high schooler than the college football player you're counting on who might be a lot closer to a pro Believe it or not, we have some big takeaways from the NBA All-Star weekend and not just the same old headlines that are out there right now about 163-161 final score. A lot, We're of, going D. A lot of D. Way beyond all that. We've got uh, some takes on what we observed and maybe what we didn't observe and how surprising it is. Also, when we come back, some news out of Texas with Deshaun Watson and both attorneys speaking with, as of right now, Deshaun Watson is, is scheduled to give a deposition tomorrow. Is that going to take place? They're discussing that now in front of a judge, I believe, based on the way the quotes are coming out. We'll sift through this and have the latest for you in about four minutes. 
Also, we will get into an SEC hoops roundup with some some good college basketball being played this weekend, Daytona 500 finish, and much, much more on OutKick 360. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Rusty Harden represents Deshaun Watson. Tony Busby representing the 22 plaintiffs um, and going against Deshaun Watson's lawyers today in court. Rusty Harden at a hearing about pushing back Watson's deposition, which is scheduled to take place tomorrow. He indicates that uh, they expect a decision to be made by the Harris County District Attorney's Office on any criminal charges by April 1st of this year. Um, Tony Busby, in his counter-argument to Harden, points out that Deshaun Watson's lawyers have already engaged in 75 hours of depositions on the plaintiffs at this point. Now, the reason why Harden and Watson are trying to push this back, there was an agreement made prior to setting the date of February 22nd, 2022 for Watson's deposition, that all plaintiff depositions would have already taken place. Busby has, I believe, completed, they've completed all but six of the 22 for various reasons, and I'm sure that, that they can get into this, but Busby's pointing that out now. To They're going back and forth on whether or not Watson's going to take his deposition tomorrow or if they are going to push this back down the calendar, which we bring this up because this, of course, would facilitate a trade in, or, or not based on the result of all this. I would think certainly not that the Texans have any say in it, not that the NFL has any say in it, but uh, you know, him being deposed would get this closer to a conclusion. Yes. Uh, and I think everybody involved I, I would want it closer to a conclusion. I think Deshaun Watson, if he's if he's not guilty of these things, which is his claim, I believe, would want this closer to a conclusion. So, See, I, I thought that the threat of a deposition would get this closer to a conclusion because the threat of the deposition would lead the Watson camp to settle. And here we are. With the 22 accusers. And that still hasn't happened. Yeah. Which so, makes you think. Uh, none of this has made much sense to me. Well, the ticking clock, we thought, would have pr- prompted the settlements, like you said, Chad, and it, they, it, we don't seem to be any closer to the settlements of the final, what, four, three? Um, and so here we are talking about this damn thing again. I'm taking all legality aside, all you know, the assumption of innocence or Deshaun Watson you know, claiming he's innocent and wanting to fight it, all of that. Um, if I were Deshaun Watson, I would bankrupt myself to be done with this. You gotta get on with your. I life. mean, not just like I'll pay a couple extra million for that. I would seriously consider bankrupting myself to be done with it and get traded and sign a new contract with, with the guarantee or that continue you're not playing suspended. football that you can play and get paid. Earn. Guarantee yeah, that I'm done earn. with it. I could move on. There's not going to be a threat of legal action later on. There's NDAs signed, and I could go all earn. of that. I will give you my estate. I will. Fork over my home, my cars, my money, everything. Be done with it and let me get traded and go make money playing quarterback again because you're going to make it back quickly. I mean, that's, that's just me. That's why I'm shocked that we're even to this point 
talking about why he doesn't want to be deposed right now. Get yourself a male masseuse and, uh, and get about your business. Massage yourself. <laughs> Not even a male masseuse. I would get one of those self-massagers. Yeah. I've got one that I can put on my back when I you know, sit S down hook. and watch Netflix at night. Have Rusty yeah, Harden just get it. one of those. Yeah, get we'll that do that. yeah Rusty's available. Have Rusty Harden Excuse me, I'm going to need my attorney to well, monitor this massage session the entire time, please. He'll be in the room. I hope Hard this doesn't make you uncomfortable. Harden states, uh, this is from Mike Meltzer down in Houston, uh, radio host down there, buddy of ours. Uh, he says, Harden states that they would take in-person depositions of the remaining plaintiffs as soon as possible if they flew into Houston. Um, in order to expedite, expedite this process because um, the back and forth is like Busby has said, quote, it's time for Mr. Watson to participate in this process, and he hasn't. I don't think the women have any uh, eagerness to expedite the process. Or and, do Bus Watson and Busby's any ready favors. to depose him. So here we go. I, 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 who knows if this guy sits down. I mean, every, keep in mind, everything is under oath. With this deposition. Yeah, it could look terrible. Uh, odds are it's going to look but, terrible. And it can be used at trial. I just... Uh, if the judge, if the criminal court, if it goes to criminal court and the judge allows it in, it can be used at trial uh, against him there, yeah, too. Yeah, you don't want to incriminate yourself. Uh, I totally understand his side of this with not wanting to be deposed. Paul, you said the, the women aren't interested in helping Watson. I, while I agree with that, I still have to believe the amount of silence from Busby in this, who was not quiet at all, in the beginning of this, has been an ongoing negotiation to settle that they never reached. Yeah. So I, I'm not saying they want to help in any way, but I also think those accusers are probably okay with getting a big chunk of money to, to stop this. Well, it hasn't been big enough. And clearly. they haven't gotten to where they need to go. It hasn't been big enough. Which is why I fall back on, yeah, if right. I'm his up, attorney, up I'm saying you give everything they want and bankrupt yourself if that's what it takes to be done with this and then go make millions again playing quarterback and put this behind you. That's what I would argue. Well, and they've, uh, there's, a, there's a judge pointing out that remote depositions have been an option for these plaintiffs the entire time. Again, they're, they're arguing on the Watson camp that, hey, we agreed that all of the depositions from the plaintiffs would be complete before we gave ours February 22nd. That's not done. Meanwhile, you have Busby saying, well, we've got to get them to Houston, and there have been issues against reasons for that. I'm sure some of it's pandemic related other things, you know, I, I haven't seen in detail. Um, and the judge is saying, well, I mean, we've had the option of, uh, of remote depositions as well. And we haven't done that yet. So, so he's putting it back on the, he's putting it back on, on the, the plaintiffs. And then you have Busby and, and they're saying, Hey, it shouldn't it be reasonable that if you're and Harden saying this, shouldn't it be reasonable if you're alleging something against my client that you come to where you filed the, you filed the suit and give your deposition in person. That's what he's saying. So, well, the judge sounds open to the, to the uh, remote depositions. Get the damn depositions yeah, done if that's the next step that's required. I mean, uh, but again, the, the court has no reason. I mean, court stuff gets delayed and oh, slow yeah. all the time, and they're not operating on Deshaun Watson's clock. On the NFL's clock, on the NFL draft clock, none of it. They don't care. I totally understand, though, why Watson's attorneys would want the accusers to be in person when they depose them. Oh, sure. There is a reason for that. It is not the same effect when you've got someone on Zoom and you're asking them tough questions. They want to be in the room where they can read the accuser, and that's, that's them doing their due diligence for their client in the legal process and not letting them have any type of easy way out in terms of 
you made this accusation, you get deposed like everyone else would get deposed, and it's not remotely. So I understand that side of it from Watson's camp as well. I'm just frustrated by the the uh, well, imagine, the, the, the pace of things. The I pace mean, of at it. some imagine point, you've got to get these court, the, the court the, proceedings going. The Texans are the one, just like Hutton said. I mean, can you imagine how frustrated they are right now with the pace of this? I mean, they want this whole done so they can home. trade him away and say, look, he We're is done. squeaky clean now. He can play right away. Now give us four first-round picks. Well, they either want him done or they want him suspended. You know, they want him on the, the commissioner's list. Um, and I'm sure there are financial ramifications for, you know, the, the collective bargaining agreement and whatever that would count against the salary cap. But, I mean, they, they go from among the worst cap situations to among the best just by removing him from their books. But they need the picks. They, they need oh, some. They, oh, absolutely. They, they need some resources. But at this point, just getting rid of him, you know, getting rid of the headache and just the constant questions about it, that's a win in and of itself, especially for a team that's not going to be good either way next year, right? Yeah. And if you, I know you need the picks. You want future picks. You don't need picks this year because you need a quarterback. And I doubt, you know, they're going to package these together and go get a quarterback. At least that's well, the indication. You can do something this year. You go get yourself right. a you gotta, yeah. top flight you player. Build, you build your organization. Something. This isn't helping anything. Uh, waiting. And they've well, been waiting since the – It's helping the Titans, the Colts, and the Jaguar. Yeah. And the league is not helping anything also with not giving him any other distinction that no he could have played this year for a guy that doesn't want to play. It's really hurting the Texans. Coming up, 360 headlines, including – um, we'll get into NBA All-Star Weekend and our takeaways. Uh, that's coming up in hour number two. The Daytona 500 uh, delivers on a finish again. Uh, Reed, I, I'm curious to get his take, a guy who has followed NASCAR in and out for years, decades. Uh, and I've casually paid attention. But the new rules in place for the finish, the start-finish line, and how they get that checkered flag at the end, it is set up for some nice finishes in some big races as of late. Another one happened yesterday where he had a rookie win the Daytona 500. We'll get into that. Plus, the NFL agents potentially telling their clients that are going to perform at the NFL Combine next week, hey, don't do anything but the medical evaluation. We'll dive into the reasons why. All straight ahead on Outkick 360.